Tonight, we continue our Immortal Ranger series by Texas Wookiee with Part 4, Immortal Ranger at Silver Hills. Tommy groaned as he finally came to. What had hit him? He felt like he had just fought and lost three rounds with Zed. He glanced around and found himself in the med bay on the Astro Megaship. Had something gone wrong with the Forever Red mission, he blinked, as the memory of the mission, the drinking, and the fight came back to him. Great, he may have stopped Mondo's goons from taking Serpentera, but he had allowed Jason to get away. That didn't answer how he got here, though. The last thing he remembered was calling for his ride. Are you alright? Andros asked as he brought a medical device to Tommy's forehead. It managed to lessen the pain which the former Red Ranger was feeling right now. Yeah, I'll be alright, the man said as he pulled himself up from where he had been laying. What happened? Jason left, the Red Space Ranger said, reminding him of what had happened. And you didn't try to stop him? He was armed, and without using Ranger powers, I might not have been able to stop him, the Red Astro Ranger responded calmly to the Red Zeo. You think you were the only one to notice the way he took on his and Cole's opponent? He treated it like a game and beat the general almost effortlessly, the KO-35 native told the other ranger. After you called for a ride, you blacked out again. You have a bit of a concussion from where you were hit. I explained to your friend Smitty that there was an accident. He's waiting in a conference room at the tower for when you're done here. Thanks, Tommy went slightly as the pain hit him in a new wave. He gratefully accepted the painkillers Andros held out for him. No problem, the Kavorian said. I was unaware that the original team had powers beyond those of their ranger powers. In fact, I thought I was the only one with other abilities, he said, referring to his and Zane's telekinesis, though they had both been training Ashley in the art. Though Cole, Leo, and Maya all seem to have some sort of power that lets them understand animals. That healing trick was new to me as well, Tommy admitted. Besides, the deal was with you and Jason. I had no hand in what was going on, Andros finished explaining. Tommy nodded at the Red Astro Ranger. Andros had a point, and he knew it, but a part of him felt like he had failed. Could Zordon have infused you all with abilities that you're unaware of? I don't think so. Call Wes and Eric back. I have some questions for them. At the other man's questioning gaze, he explained, Jason seemed to know them, and Wes almost definitely knew Jason. Eric is hard to read, though, so he could have been as excited as Cole, and we would have never known it. All right, Andros said as he brought his communicator up to his face and began signaling the two Time Force Rangers to return. Tommy grinned ruefully. He remembered the time when the communicator and Morpher had been two separate things. They said they're on their way, the Astro Ranger reported to him. He headed for the door, but stopped as he got to it. You know, he could have taken your morpher. He then left the room, letting the door slide shut behind him. Tommy was surprised at the attitude, but looked at the nearby table where his zeonizers were waiting for him to strap back on. Shaking his head, he grabbed his jacket, then strapped on his zeonizers before he headed for the door. Wes and Eric were escorted back into the conference room where they had been earlier, and saw Tommy sitting there holding an ice pack to the side of his head. What happened to you, Eric asked, as he looked at the spike-haired man who looked a lot worse for wear than when he had last seen him about an hour ago. Jason, the Red Zero responded as he removed the pack to show a large bruise. 
And I thought that we were the only friends with that kind of method of friendship, Eric smirked at the man. Evidently not, Wes said, as he eyed the other man's face. Although you would be the one in the hospital, not me. Yeah, right, rich boy, as if you could lay a hand on me, Eric replied arrogantly to his friend. Enough, Tommy said, before the Red Time Force could respond. Jason knew you too. I need to know how. That's confidential, Eric replied automatically. We can't tell you those sorts of things. Actually, you can, Tommy said. As a consultant for the Silver Guardians, I have all the security clearances that I need to. Now then, tell me what you know about Jason. We can't. This is a bit more than being a consultant, Wes said. Besides, we gave our word that we wouldn't talk about this with anyone that didn't need to know. Well, I need to know, Tommy said, frustration. Andros, is the Jason travel file set? Yes, do you need me in there? No, the fewer people that see what he's done, the better. Very well. Alright guys, since you seem to need a bit more convincing, I hope this will work. The images of Jason's fight with Goldar came up on the screen. As I understand it, you Time Force people don't kill needlessly. I applaud you on that. Unfortunately, Jason doesn't feel the same way. At least not anymore. He has killed before, and he may kill again. So he went overboard with a monster, Eric said, shrugging. I thought those weren't even real, but some kind of clay thingamajigs. Jason's key movement is to decapitate someone, Tommy said as he tossed a file with photos of Goldar and a couple of Elgar at the Silver Guardians. He got tired of wounds that weren't killing shots when it came to dealing with threats to the Earth. I believe he said something about causing sparks wasn't enough. Anyways, he has killed two of the monsters that attacked the Earth that had at least been considered sentient. They weren't machines or clay constructs that were magically enhanced, but actual beings. And Jason killed them as coldly as any of the monsters we fought would have done us. The two men looked queasy at the sight of a couple of the photos, but didn't say anything. He typed a few commands into the computer, and a file appeared above them. This is a list of towns that Jason has visited, or believed to have been around, the Red Zio explained. The other is a list of people who have had their heads taken in these same towns. Look at the dates, gentlemen. Tommy hoped this got their attention, because he really didn't want to go over their heads and talk to Mr. Collins. Despite having reined in his greedy urges somewhat, he was still a pain to deal with at times. Well, what do you think, Wes? I think we're going to have to tell him something, the other Red Ranger said as he looked at the file in front of him. Besides, he said that time it was all self-defense. Now I wonder if it was. Alright, it was back in the day after Rancic had gone and gotten really irritated that this time period wasn't as easy to beat as he thought that it would be, Eric gave a smug grin as he explained. We hadn't been exactly easy on some of his little mutant monsters freak, and we had cut through quite a lot of them lately. Yeah, anyway, Wes interrupted. We got some of the information we needed about this part from Rancic. Tommy looked surprised at this. Ever since he's turned good, he's always played straight with us, the Red Time Force Ranger said, shrugging the look off casually. Yeah, but the story doesn't really start with him, but rather at the recruiting office, Eric said. True. So, I should be the one to tell you that part of the story. Guys, I just need to know the parts about Jason and what kind of trouble he got into. I also need to know if he's killed anybody else. The rest can wait for some other time when we're trading stories. 
All right, then we won't go into details. Here's how it happened. Eric and the rest of the Silver Guardians were resting after a rather intense training session. The only people still on the mats were a few of the newbies that had yet to learn to rest when they had a chance. Mutant monsters didn't exactly schedule ahead of time for when they would be attacking the city. Sure, Wes and his friends in Time Force were out there, but they were freelancers or vigilantes. The Silver Guardians were actually paid to protect certain parts of the city, and that's what the main difference between them was. Eric mused. A banished rich boy and a girl that had a crush on him led one group, while the other group was actually led by a person who knew the meaning of loss and gain. The only crazy thing about it was that the one led by the rich idealist was the one with the major firepower. Sure, he had the Q-Rex, but they had resources that had an unknown potential that Mr. Collins could tap and do great things with. Eric glanced over at the training room and looked as a newbie who had just been on the target range came by. The guy, while young, was already covered in muscle. He had short brown hair, so dark it was almost black. It went along with his light Asian features. The guy had passed through the basic training easily, like he had done the sort of thing before. He looked slightly amused as he watched the other newbies going at each other with reckless abandon. Are they mental? he asked. They won't be good for anything except to hold their blasters when the time finally comes. Yeah, we know, Eric said. The only question is, how do you know? The guy smiled at him. Military brat, sir. My dad was a Marine. Eric nodded in understanding. He had seen a lot of military kids already armed with the basics of knowledge that helped them survive. They were also some of the easiest people to train, as opposed to the handful of mama's boys that applied to do this work. Like any job, you had to weed out the useless crap from the people that would actually work in the Silver Guardians. He knew that a number of people just signed up so that they could catch glimpses of the female rangers in their costumes, since the tight outfits didn't exactly leave a whole lot of room for the imagination. Those were some of the first people to go, since he didn't need a lot of people that would be drooling over the rangers when they had a job to do. Though he had to admit, the pink ranger filled the spandex rather well. He chuckled at what Wes would try to do if he ever knew what he was thinking. He looked at the guy in front of him and wondered if he would actually be any good at covering his back when the time came. Looks like we get to find out, he muttered as the alarms went off. Get your gear, he yelled over the sirens. He turned back to pick up his weapon belt and watch the rest of his people suit up. They would be ready in less than five minutes. He led the troops to the Hummers that stood on standby. He slipped his dark sunglasses on and waited for his driver. He was surprised that the guy that he was watching earlier was actually part of his new squad. They peeled out and headed for the newest mutant attack. He arrived and saw that Wes's team was already holding the newest creature back. That gave him the time he needed to deploy his troops. All right, people, form a line. If the others get clear, I want you to open fire on that thing. B-Squad, get the civilians out of here. The Silver Guardians responded like a well-oiled machine. Half of his team readied their laser weapons, while the other half began to escort the remaining civilians out of the way. Eric gritted his teeth in anger. Wes and his people needed to get out of the way so that the Silver Guardians could soften the mutant up. Then he could finish it off. He was considering morphing when he heard his communicator beeping. Yeah, what? 
Sir, there's another threat on the other side of the building. Eric nodded. I'm on it. Right behind you, sir, the big guy said. Eric considered telling him to stay, but then shrugged. If the guy wanted to play hero, he was more than welcome to do it as long as he didn't get in his way. The two men grabbed the motorcycles that were on standby and headed for the other side. There on the ground were the security guards and a couple of truckers knocked unconscious. Standing on the loading ramp was a figure standing in the shadows, ordering the robot idiots to load up the crates that were around. Hold it right there, pal. This place is under protection of the Silver Guardians, Eric said as he brought his sidearm out. Now you can either surrender or I can take you out. Don't count on it, you overglorified rent-a-cop, the guy said as he drew a sword from a hidden sheath. Eric scowled at this. Just because he did things differently than the others, he wasn't considered as a real hero. Sir, is it just me or does he appear to be human? The rookie asked his fuming superior. Eric looked at the figure and realized that the big guy was right. Despite the floor-length cloak he was wearing, the culprit did appear to be human. That meant that he couldn't destroy the guy, no matter how much he would really like to at the moment. Eric cursed silently to himself. Drop the weapon or I will open fire. Please, like that's going to impress me, pal, the unknown said as he then drew a blaster of some kind with blinding speed and fired at the two silver guardians. The two men barely jumped out of the way of the blast. If that's the way you want to do this, pal, the leader of the silver guardians growled as he picked himself up from where he had landed. Quantum power, he yelled, activating the power that he had. He grinned beneath his helmet as the red flash died, and he stood before them dressed in his ranger armor. The power that he now felt coursing over him was intoxicating. Ooh, you got yourself a pretty red suit, the man mocked. Not the reaction he had been expecting. Sir, do you really think that's necessary? Trust me, pal, if he has that much firepower, it's better not to think that a simple shot will take him down, the quantum ranger admonished the rookie. All right, pal, you got a choice. You can either go in peacefully or violently. The figure cupped his chin in his hands and tapped it with his index finger. He almost looked as if he was in deep thought. Hmm, let me think about that, he replied sarcastically. I can either surrender to some sorry excuse for a time cop, or I can beat the crap out of you and take your powers. Do you think I've survived this long in the game to be so easily dealt with? Eric noticed the newbie's shoulders stiffen as he heard that. He would have to ask him what that meant later. He had promised Jin that he wouldn't tell anyone about where they were from, and he meant to keep that promise. I warned you, he said as he drew his quantum defender. He fired a warning shot at the figure who easily dodged the energy beams from the futuristic weapon. And I told you to back off, the figure said as it let the cloak fall to the ground. Eric was surprised. He had been expecting the human look to fade away, to show some kind of monstrous figure with some crazy ability or maybe wearing some type of armor, but instead he was still facing a regular-looking guy that held a sword in one hand and a blaster in the other. Let's do this, shall we, the man said as he began rushing toward the quantum ranger. Your funeral, pal, the ranger said as he switched the quantum defender to its blade mode. Sir, wait. Eric ignored the guy as he headed for a fight that should have been relatively quick and simple. He swung his sword around in a shot that would catch the guy in the shoulder and take the fight out of him fast. Laughing, the guy ducked the shot, then swung his own blade. The blow caused sparks to come from the ranger armor where he had struck the overconfident ranger. Recovering quickly, Eric attacked again. 
The two exchanged blows numerous times. Eric was sure some of his shots were hitting, but they didn't seem to be slowing the guy down. The Quantum Ranger tried for an elbow strike to the face, but it was just grabbed, and he felt himself swung around, then tossed into a stack of barrels. Groaning as he got back up, Eric winced as he felt all of the injuries that were starting to build up. The guy may not have the strength that most of the other mutants had, but it was quick and deadly with its sword. Shaking his head, he looked at the figure. Spots he knew where he had hit the guy didn't show any kind of damage. It was like the guy hadn't even been hit. Just what kind of mutant scum was this? Hoping he was doing the right thing, he ran at the guy again and brought his sword down in a heavy overhand strike. The guy took the shot to his chest and fell. Eric was breathing heavily as he looked at the damage that had been caused to him while he regained his breath. He should probably head back to the other side of the warehouse and check if the others needed his help. Knowing them, they most likely did. He was a bit surprised then as the guy got back up to his feet. Sure, there's a big smoking crater in his shoulder, but it was already healing somehow. Great, a self-healing mutant, Quantum Ranger grumbled as he got back up. The ranger dealt several devastating shots to the guy, blows that would have crippled anyone else, merely knocked the guy down. If the wounds were real heavy, the guy would lie still and look like he was just catching his breath. He would then come up swinging his sword or shooting with his blaster, taking him down yet again. He needed to find a way to make sure the guy stayed down longer for more than a couple of minutes. He punched the guy hard, then threw him against a wall, and began just beating on the guy. He stepped back, hoping that was enough, because he was feeling more and more guilty at, about attacking a human, even one that healed like this one did. The guy slowly pulled himself up, electricals-like sparks running all over his body as he began healing from the injuries. He then grabbed the Quantum Ranger by his sword arm and tossed him over his shoulder into the wall that had just been leaning against. Then slammed his blade against the Quantum Ranger's stomach. Eric groaned as he felt the punishment that he was receiving. Pathetic, Rent-A-Cop. Real pathetic, the man said as he hauled Quantum Ranger back up to his feet. The Quantum Ranger wearily stood up, despite the injuries he had gotten. Why couldn't you be like the guy that brought me down? The thief asked the smoking figure. Of course, he wasn't a cop either. All right, that's enough. Eric turned and saw that the rookie was standing there, holding his blaster on the guy. Put the Quantum Ranger down, drop your weapons, then get on the ground with your hands on your head now. You really think I'm going to do that when I have such a good hostage here? The guy asked, astounded at the courage the man had. Before the guy could answer, a voice shouted, Eric! Turning, the three people saw that the Red Time Force Ranger was running toward them, his chrono sabers already in his hands. Looks like it's time for round two. In more ways than you know, Quantum Ranger said as he headbutted his captor. He then rolled out of the way as the Red Time Force Ranger brought his sabers down toward the guy. The villain barely deflected the weapons from his chest in time. So now it's two rangers and one silver guardian. I was rather hoping for a bit of a challenge, the figure said, shrugging as he blasted at the man in the navy blue uniform, causing him to jump clear of the blast. The two rangers got between them and began slashing and hacking at the villain, hoping to overwhelm him. But for every move that they made, the man seemed to have some kind of counter for it. The two rangers were slowly tiring, despite the combined efforts of the two of them doing their best. Give me a moment, Wes said as he dodged under a sweeping blade, then came up on his knee. 
He brought his communicator to his faceplate and began talking. Circuit, I need your help, buddy. How do we beat this guy? An electronic voice answered him. I don't know, Wes. According to all of the records, someone that wasn't part of Time Force captured him. There's no record on how they captured him last time. Great, so we have to figure it out on our own then? The Red Time Force Ranger asked as he got back to his feet, watching grimly as the Quantum Ranger was slashed again. Afraid so, the voice answered. All right, Circuit, keep looking and call me if you find anything that might help us. Will do. How are the others doing? About the same as you guys, I'm afraid, the voice responded. Great, the ranger said as he returned to the fight that was quickly becoming a stalemate between the two rangers and the would-be thief. If I still kept a trophy room, I might be interested in putting your heads there, the villain said as he ducked again and hit the red ranger as he came back into the fight. Or at the very least, your helmets, he added. He then flipped the smoking ranger into his partner and slammed the two into a nearby wall. By the way, I think this could prove most helpful, he continued as he shot Eric again, but this time snatching the Quantum Ranger's weapon from him. He then rammed the Ranger into another set of crates. The crook grinned when the Quantum Ranger failed to get up and laughed all the more, as the groaning man demorphed in a flash of red light. So now it's just you and me, little boy, Red. Bring it on, the Red Ranger told the man. The figure appeared to be slowing down a bit, which meant that they were tiring the guy down, even if it was taking forever to do and had cost them a Silver Guardian and Eric. You asked for it, the thief said as he charged at Wes. Swallowing, Wes set his swords for full power and tried a time strike. The blade struck the crossed blades, then he felt the weapons twisted out of his hands and watched as they went flying out of his sight. The thief then did several slashes at the weaponless Red Ranger. Wes managed to dodge the first one, but the second and third strikes caught him in the chest. As he went down, he felt a foot slam into his helmet, and he only knew blackness as he demorphed in another flash of red. Some red ranger, the thief said sarcastically. He looked around and noticed that all of his foot soldiers had been destroyed. Blast it, and I was hoping to have something to show for this mess. He glared at the rangers, since they were at fault for him not having the required things to take back to Rancid. He bent down to take the morpher off the Red Ranger. If he couldn't get anything else out of this, then he at least had these. Hold it, pal, a figure said. Turning, the thief laughed at the lone Silver Guardian that was standing over the body of the barely conscious and overrated Quantum Ranger. The figure had a ball cap and sunglasses that hid his face from view. In his hand, he held a sidearm, while near his feet stood the Red Ranger's chronosabers. Do you really think you can hurt me? After all, the high and mighty Power Rangers couldn't. I challenge you, the figure returned. Why, who are you? The hat and sunglasses fell to the ground, showing the man's face for the first time. The Ranger, the thief said in shock as he looked at the challenger. Not many people know that name, the young man said as he twirled the two swords for a moment. Fact is, I thought the Highlanders and their friends were the only ones that knew that name. A lot can happen in a thousand years, Ranger. A thousand years? So you're from the future. Very good. You got a name, pal? The Silver Guardian asked as the two began circling each other cautiously. I am called Tractus, the ageless criminal these days, Ranger. And I have spent the last thirty years in suspension. 
Tractus growled as he let us stab out to test his new opponent's defense. And I do not intend to go back to that kind of life. Let me guess, it was someone that is like us that put you there, right? The Silver Guardian asked as he swiped with his blades. You could say that, Tractus said cryptically, as he spun away letting one of the sabers strike at the ground. Did you know about this? Wes asked as he dragged himself over toward Eric, who was holding his side in pain. And how was I supposed to know about any of this? Eric snapped angrily as he clutched at his ribs while watching the two go through a powerful and deadly dance. You think I would have even let the guy hang around if I had known there might be some kind of connection between a rookie and a rancid? Wes nodded in agreement, though it was painful to do. Just be glad Jen wasn't here to see this mess, he tried joking. You mean there's a time that she's not griping because of something or other that isn't going her way? Seriously, your dad thought that with that kind of attitude, she'd be more than willing to join with the Guardians. Well, that's because he doesn't understand the exact situation that has to do with the Rangers and Rancid. True, so what do you think will happen when she finds out about this mess? Wes nodded as he realized the almost normal conversation was at an end and it was time to get back to business. He felt a pang of sorrow, though, as he sat up. A big part of him missed these talks that they used to have all the time. His optimism and Eric's pessimistic side had always led interesting talks. I don't think she'd be overly impressed that we were both outfought, but by what appears to be someone that can heal as fast as that guy can, despite the fact that no one in Time Force had ever managed to do it either. The two men watched in fascination as the two figures went round and round the parking lot. Come on, you can't win. The other man smiled grimly. Remember the name you ID me with? There's a reason I have that name. The man twirled his sword a few times, then brought one of the blades down low, trying to slice Tractus in his legs. Tractus jumped over the blade and didn't see the other blade slice him across the face until it was too late. Blast it, the thief said as he put a hand to his eye. He swung his blade wildly while the defender was in the hand that was trying to stem the blood flow. He luckily managed to block a swing that would have separated his head from the rest of his body. Be careful, Eric barked from the ground. I'm just trying to get this done, sir. The man returned to his superior, but he made sure the defender was now being blocked from use for the moment. The rookie dropped one of his weapons and caught the blade in his hand. He grunted as the weapon deeply bit into his exposed hand. The rangers noticed for the first time that the man had suffered many wounds. At least he had if the holes in his dark blue jumpsuit were anything to go by. The man didn't say anything as a line of blood fell from his hand. So where's the strength amplifier? The Silver Guardian asked, as he finally twisted the blade out of the grasp of Tractus. Because there's no way that you could have stood up to a couple of Power Rangers and not be overpowered. Muscle accelerator is in the belt, the figure said. The Silver Guardian nodded as he kicked his spare saber back up in the air and caught the blade. Tractus finally drew his hand away from his face and looked fearfully at the weapons. That should have taken him out, grumbled Eric to Wes, as he saw that both of Tractus's eyes were no longer damaged. Fine, you tell him that, Wes said as he fumbled for his morpher. Neither of them noticed as one of the sabers bit into the enhancer. If you're so smart, then what do we do now, rich boy? Eric asked angrily. Now we hope that he can hold out till we can get back on our feet. 
How do you think he's standing up to that guy? If he's wearing some kind of enhancer? Take him down first, then we'll ask. Right, the two young men got back to their feet, ready to engage in the fight, when they saw the Silver Guardian skewer the criminal with Wes's sabers right through the arms. They were stunned as the blades ripped through the man's arms and punctured the truck on the other side. Groaning in pain, the man dropped the defender on the ground, as he was now hung up like a bug in some kid's collection. The rookie looked at the defender that lay on the ground, then at Tractus. He grabbed the weapon up and held it to the other man's neck. Go ahead, do it, the criminal goaded. Show them what you really are. This seemed to stop the man as he turned to look at the two rangers that had finally regained their feet. He placed the ranger weapon down. Coward, Tractus said softly. You are nothing but a coward. There is no way that you could be that one that helped out on the Anubis relief missions. Whatever, now shut up, the other man said as he slammed his elbow into the jaw of Tractus, knocking him out, now that the belt was damaged. I'll meet you at the pizza joint. The Silver Guardian said, his chest heaving from the fight. He tossed a salute at the two rangers and took one of the motorcycles and headed out. Why do you think he left like that? He could be a hero for this. Who knows, Wes said, shrugging. Maybe there are more important things to him than being the hero. Eric didn't respond to that, but filed it away for thought. The other rangers showed up a few moments later, and Trip quickly froze them in us and shrunk him. Great job, guys, the Green Ranger complimented. It took Time Force forever to get this guy last time, and you guys got him right off. The two men nodded. They could believe that. Even if it was a bit of a messy catch, Katie said as she looked at the wounds that the criminal had. They were interrupted before they could respond to the Yellow Ranger. Not so fast, Rangers. The mutant the others had been fighting on the other side of the building said, You still have to deal with me. The monster then grew to take on the team. Ready, guys? Ready. The others had responded. They summoned the Time Zords and the Q-Rex. After a brief fight, they captured the mutant and placed him in containment as well. Wes and Eric met up at the pizza joint and found a large man waiting for them. They slid into the opposite booth and waited for the man to talk. The word is that you won that fight through a lot of luck, the man said. I don't want to be brought into this. Well, I... That's not up for discussion, the man interrupted. As Red Ranger to Red Ranger, I'm asking you to please keep me out. Red Ranger? Eric asked, looking skeptically at the kid in front of him. Because judging by the guy's looks, he was younger than either of them. I was the first Red Ranger, the young man said. Look, David. I can't be him anymore. As far as you're concerned, David Yost died in the mission. His severance package is to be sent to his cousin, Walter Emanuel Jones, he said as he flashed an ID at them bearing the name that he had just told them. By the time that you get back to your bases, I'll be gone. Your company motorbike is at this location, he said as he gave Eric a key to a rental storeroom. He got up and looked over his shoulder. Don't try to follow me. The young man walked out the door. So that's the story, Wes said. After that, he disappeared into the sunset and we didn't see him again until today on the mission. Tommy nodded. Thank you guys for coming clean on this. It will make looking for him easier, if I can figure out some kind of pattern with his names or where he goes. 
whatever. If we can help, we will, but we're not going to have a whole lot of time to search for him. We'll tell you if he shows up on any of our scans of Silver Hills, though. That's about the best we can do for the moment. Tommy nodded. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. No problem, the Red Time Force Ranger said as the two men saluted and then walked out. Tommy turned back to the table and looked at a pair of holograms in front of him that were rotating in a circle. The first one was him, Jason, and the other originals all laughing at some picnic or other. The other was of the Zeo team hanging out at the beach between volleyball games. If this kind of change really was part of getting older, then growing up and being responsible really sucked, Tommy thought as he smiled in remembrance of Trini, who was dead, and Jason, whose soul appeared to be dead. He had to get going, though. He and Smitty had to get to Mercer and find out who got the job.